All right, welcome into the another episode of the Buffalo Basement Podcast. I am your host, as always, Matt Deigert. And to my right on screen, or to my left on screen, right to me, uh, is Pat Bruckness, as always. Uh, I want to thank him for coming in. I do want to thank everybody for joining us here tonight on uh, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook from the Built in Buffalo Network. Um, and with that being said, Pat, how are you tonight? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Thank you, Matt, once again for having me. Thank you for everybody who's tuning in now or will be watching on the replay. We have a good show for everyone today. I hope everybody enjoys. Yes, absolutely. So we're going to go through a few things with, with uh, some some news from the Bills this week. Um, and, you know, especially with, um, you know, their announcement of Joe Brady and uh, um, Bobby Babbage getting promoted this week. So that's definitely something something big for us. So. If you want to start with that, Pat, um, go right ahead. But um, first and foremost, I do want to let everybody know we are sponsored by Iliota Palo's Restaurant at uh, 3785 South Park Avenue in Blaisdell, New York, 14219. Definitely check them out. They, I, in my opinion, they do have some of the best wings in Buffalo, so definitely check them out for that. And then all their other food that they have there as well. So with that being said, I do want to thank everybody again for joining us and uh, definitely check them out. And Sons of Erie as well, www.sonsoferie.com. So check them out for any art and apparel. Uh, with that being said, Pat, go ahead and go ahead and start it off. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. I thought for sure. I knew, I kind of thought we were going to keep Joe Brady. Josh Allen advocated for him. But Bobby Babbage, we were able to retain him, keep him here. I know he had an interview with, I believe it was Miami for defensive coordinator. Me, personally, I thought Bobby Babbage was gone. I thought he wanted to call the plays. We are yet to know if he's going to call the plays for the Bills. My personal opinion, I don't think he will. But that's a guy, first I start with Bobby Babbage. That's a guy I love to keep here. He's young. You know, look what he's done with our linebackers, Milano. The development of Terrell Bernard, Dorian Williams on the rise. Tyrod Dawson stepped in pretty well this year and played extremely well. On the Joe Brady side, on the offensive side of the ball, you got Joe Brady. He resurrected this Buffalo Bills offense, some would say, from a 6-6 record to a 11-6 record in an AFC East win, which he gets a lot of credit for that. You know, because at one point, it looks like our offense was stalling out. He, he, he brought some juice to the offense. As you see, during pregame, he's going up to the guys, getting in their faces, brings the energy. I just love what he has to bring as well. You know, he makes he brings he makes everybody a weapon, tight ends, running backs, and he makes you cover every inch of grass. Yeah, I mean, and that that's really the big thing too. With with you know, as far as the offense goes, I was super happy that they kept Joe Brady, keep a little bit of continuity there on offense, and um, you know, kind of kind those guys, those guys really um, you know spoke up for uh, for Joe Brady to kind of keep him there, which is the you know really nice thing you want to see. Um, I was kind of like, it's the same type of thing that happened with Ken Dorsey. Right. So right. when, you know, Josh Allen's like, Oh, I, you know, I love Ken Dorsey, you know, continuity, blah, 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 blah. It, it was nice for a little while. And then it was like, he was figured out. And then once he got figured out, they stopped him. But with Joe Brady, he gets everybody involved. He, you know, running backs get involved. Um, it, it was almost like Dorsey didn't know how to scheme, scheme up things for Dalton Kincaid. He started getting more involved and they started getting the ball in his hands. Yes. Um, 
you know, Diggs receptions and stuff went down. He didn't have a hundred yard game since I think since I think like week six. Yes. yes. So with that, with that being said, I, you know, I was like, who can actually come in and resurrect this offense, which it was nice to see him take basically a dead Dorsey playbook, add a couple wrinkles here and there and, and kind of go, go from there. So that's the one thing that I, I am happy that we kept Joe Brady for is you're going to get that continuity on offense. You're going to get that, um, you know, that the kind of back and forth with him and Josh, and now you're going to get to see a Joe Brady playbook, which is going to be nice to see. Um, You know, so I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in who they're going to bring in as far as free agents go, who they're leaning towards as far as a receiver in the first couple of days, um, because we, we know that the, the wide receiver class in this draft is loaded with wide receivers. We've seen it at the Super Bowl, which we'll talk about in a little bit. In the Senior Bowl, I'm sorry, not the Super Bowl. In the Senior Bowl, uh, which that game goes on, on on Saturday. So I'm, I'm excited to watch that game. Um, you know, I know I know the guy that I said have the greatest day in the world um, on the first day, but um, we did have um, – you know, Xavier Leggett, he had a he had a bounce back day on day two. Um, and unfortunately, you know, with, with my schedule, I haven't been able to watch any film on him today yet. But that, I really think that kid's going to be good. I have him personally ranked um, right behind. Um, I have him personally ranked right behind uh, the, the top three um, wide receivers out there. So if, if you come away with any of the three of either Leggett, Brian Thomas or Troy Franklin, I think that they're going to be very, very happy and they're going to be very good in this offense. So um, what are your thoughts on, on that, Pat? Before we you move know, over, exactly. before we move like over to my thoughts on uh, Bobby Babich. Okay. Yeah, no, I like Xavier Leggett a lot. I do. You're the one who mentioned him to me. I went to go watch some highlights and he just seems like a guy who can do it all. You know, he can take a, sl- a 10-yard slant to the house a 60 yard house call. That's the one guy yeah, I, mean, I kid, want as a Buffalo Bill. Yeah, the kid, the kid ran, you know, had the third highest um speed this year on on an offensive play in all of football, not just college, all of football at 22.3 miles per hour. Um, the kid runs a 429 speed. Yes, he's a little bit shorter than what what he was reported at uh, at South Carolina, but we know we know colleges do that. They do inflate the height and weight a little bit, but his his weight's still two twenty three. Um, he is only six foot one, um, but I mean we'll definitely we'll definitely see how that goes. So, um, but the other one I, I'm really really happy to you know can't wa- wait to watch in the uh, in the combine is is Troy Franklin, but. Like I said, once we get into a couple yes. more of these shows in, in the weeks ahead, you know, when we start breaking down, you know, things for receivers and and who we're watching for the draft and things like that, we'll get into into those guys. But um, you know, a player that I really liked having, you know, a good day in the Senior Bowl was Lad McConkey. He just <laughs> he looked so good. He he looked so fluid. He you know, in and out of routes. Uh, like he just he has a little bit of that you know little bit of that West Welker, Julian Edelman type player, but he's a little bit bigger than those guys. So um, like I said, we'll get, we'll get to that here in a little bit, but um, as far as Bobby Babbage goes, I am so excited that they were able to keep him. And the reason why is because he was the 
assistant safeties coach or safeties coach from 2018 to 2021. Um, he is part of the reason, yes, Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer did it on the field, but Bobby Babich was the one behind the scenes getting those guys ready week in and week out to make sure that they were set in the correct in the correct positions. It had the had everything, you know, go for them, you know, live so that right. they'd be able to see things and be able to get the defense set and, you know, everything that they needed to do as veterans. Um, and then he moved over to, um, you know, in, in, in uh, 2022 being the linebackers coach. And he's been the linebackers coach ever since. We look back at in saying um, as far as like Tremaine Edmonds, I personally saw something in Tremaine Edmonds since his rookie year that I didn't want them to give up on. He got the right coach in there and Bobby Babbage. He got, he was able to get, um, you know, he was able to get, you know, get coached up and everything like that. And he had his best year under Bobby Babbage. And then he went and, you know, got a bag, got a bag of money for, for his, his, uh, his time here in Buffalo. Um, but with that being said, now he's going to go into a position where he's going to be, you know, we don't know whether he's calling plays. Um, according to one of the reporters here in Buffalo, uh, she said that she talked to Brandon Bean and he is, uh, they're still working through things. Um, he's still, he's still working through things, uh, or they're still working through things to get figured out who's going to be calling plays. So, as far as that goes, I'm very, very excited to have, you know, Bobby Babich along, you know, coming along, learning for, continue learning from Sean McDermott, um, you know, continuing calling his, you know, McDermott's defense. And even if Bobby Babich just does everything Monday through Saturday or Tuesday through Saturday, then on Sunday, McDermott has the, has the best feeling that he can to, to kind of set everything up and feels safe in calling plays because he knows the guys are going to be in the right positions because he has somebody on staff that he can trust. And don't forget back in, I think it was 2011, he was an assistant uh, assistant on the, on the staff with, uh, with them in Carolina. So, uh, I mean, he's been, he's been in this league for a while as a coach. Um, what are your thoughts on that specifically? Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't hear you. I, was, I had to drop out. It's a, it's a no, no, no. You're good. You're good. Um, so as far as Bobby Babish goes, what are your what are your thoughts on him? Um, what are your what are your takes on him specifically? Specifically, I look at the development as you stated with the C he was the safeties coach in 2028, well, 2018 to 2021. Right around the time Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde were, especially Jordan Poyer, was starting to really make a name for himself in that 2019-2020 season. I just think he's a, he's great at developing players, as we have seen with the safeties. Now we're seeing it with the linebackers in Terrell Bernard, Tyrell Dotson. So my biggest – the thing I like the most about Bobby Babish is his development of players. Yeah, and that's what I – when you dropped off, that's exactly what I was saying. I mean, you know, I'll go back to it real quickly. I mean, look at Tremaine Edmonds. Had his best year, his best year uh, with the Bills when Bobby Babich – took over as the linebackers coach. I mean, that's right. huge. He was able to turn that in, you know, his best year into 18, $18 million a year. So, I mean, it didn't allow the bills to keep him, but um, 
you know, I, I definitely, definitely am very, very happy that he was able to be there for, you know, Bernard and even Milano. Milano looked even better than he has in the past. Pro, so you're taking an, you're saying you're saying somebody that's an all pro looks even better than he did because you know the guy's 40 years old he can relate to these guys he can relate right. to how they're feeling he, he can relate to how they're you know how they're viewed on the field he can you know he can relate to all that stuff so you know with that being said i'm i'm very 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 happy to keep him i mean especially look at look at dodson yeah we literally we literally said on this show and multiple other shows on, you know, that, you know, I'm sure people have listened to is Terrell Dodson is horrible. He, you know, he can't get out of his own way. He can't do this. He can't, he was second or third ranked highest linebacker in the NFL by PFF standards. Like, I mean, and that's I, not because that's not because that's not because, uh, you know, just a fluke. That's that. You saw it, Tremaine Edmonds, Terrell Bernard, Tyrell Dodson, Matt Milano. This is something that Bobby Babich is able to do and, and bring these guys along. So I'm glad that he was able to be kept on staff to, you know, and, and whoever calls plays. Like, if it's another year for him before he starts calling plays, that's fine. You know, right. get him kind of acclimated and everything like that. So what are your thoughts, you know, moving forward on that as well? Well, I think McDermott should call the plays for this upcoming season for the fact of we, he did it very well last year and it's another year Babbage gets to learn under McDermott. I think the following year we will see Babbage call the plays, but I do believe Bobby Babbage will have somewhat of a say slash control in the defense and for the upcoming season, you know, he might throw in his little, you know, his own little pinch in there here and there. Yeah. But for the most part, I do accept McDermott to call the plays. And that's one of the things that I said while you were on, on uh, while you had to, you know, switch, switch some technical stuff there around, right, right. Um, is if Bobby Babbage does the things on, on Tuesday through Saturday to get the guys ready and then McDermott calls the place, he's going to feel very comfortable with Bobby Babbage doing that, you know, because it's not going to be, you know, Sean McDermott is just the head coach now. Right. Like that's one of the things we don't realize is, is, you know, even though that he may call plays on Sunday, it's now Bobby Babich's job to go into the room Tuesday through Saturday and get these guys ready to play. So whether he calls the plays, whether McDermott calls the plays, whatever happens, I'm, I'm hoping we see some semblance of the same stuff we saw this year in 2023. Agreed. So, I think we will. Yeah. So, and so do I, and, and so do I, I mean, I, I do want to see who they, they, they do bring in as their defensive line coach. I do want to see who they bring in as their linebackers coach. I mean, there's, there's a few rumors out there. Um, I know the one, um, you know, that John said here is, is Holcomb could be the, you know, the defensive line coach. Um, I, you know, I just, I feel like there's going to be a, a couple of former defensive coordinators on this staff. Um, Sean decides another one. Yeah, and, and um, what what was it? Jim Caldwell as well. He he Jim interviewed as well. Um, I could see him being the linebackers coach because I mean, look at look at what what Jacksonville's linebackers did last year. Not so much their defensive line or anything like, but their linebackers were some of the some of the better ones in the NFL. So um, 
you know, anybody, anybody that they can bring in to continue teaching these guys how to play and how to play correctly and how to, you know, get them, get, get the offense more opportunities is I'm all for that. So, um, yeah, but like I said, I mean, they still got to get a quarterbacks coach touching on offense for a second there. Um, you know, they got to get the defensive line coach and they got to get, they got to get a linebackers coach. So, uh, but I, I'm I'm happy with everything else as, as it goes. I could see them on on you know quarterback. I could see them um, um, promoting within yeah. like a Mike Mike Shula and bring you know keep him there and get him there on the on the on the sidelines with Josh. But we don't know yet. We don't know what's going to happen yet. And I think Joe Brady might want to put his own stamp on on that quarterback coaching decision. Um, and just like Babbage may want to put his own his own stamp on, on, on the DL and, um, the linebackers coach. So as far as that goes, I, I really don't have much more to say other than I'm, I'm excited to see what they, what they can bring next year, because yes, you lost Eric Washington. Yes. You lost, you know, um, who else did they lose? They lost. Did they lose it. They didn't I lose anybody. Ken Washington. Dorsey. Yeah. Just Eric yeah. Washington. So they I mean, lost Eric Washington. I mean, I'm okay. With that. Okay. Um, okay. His 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 defensive lines have been horrible in can you know in in the playoffs. Like, right. Unfortunately, they you know it in the biggest games the defensive line has not shown up. Um, the only reason like somebody like Von Miller made a couple of plays is because he's Von Miller. He started right. started to feel back like himself. And so he's clearly going to go try and make some plays out there. Um, Greg Rousseau had, you know, didn't have that great of a game. Uh, Oliver and Daquan Jones look mortal where nobody can stop at Oliver all year. You know, I don't know whether he just, you know, they just didn't have them together or put together correctly or didn't have them prepared, anything like that. But Eric Washington, I'm glad to see he, he did, did leave. Um, And I'm hoping they can bring somebody in that, that gets these guys prepared on for Sunday. So, um, you know, with that being said, I do want to, yeah, go ahead. No, no go ahead. Saying, especially for the biggest game of the year, you know, every year in the playoffs seems like the defensive line is nowhere to be found. Yeah. I mean, and that, that's the thing, like we, we talked about it last week, they, they were one or two plays away from, you know, being in Baltimore. And we saw how Baltimore came out last week. They had seven stops against Kansas city, seven. We had one. <laughs> And they, Baltimore was not in that game at all game. No, they were. They whereas, whereas we were back and forth with Kansas City, and you know, again, I felt like this was this was a year that we could just like 2021. This was a year that we could have went and should be should have been in the Super Bowl. Um, you know, because I think we could have beaten. I think we could have beaten Baltimore, and it would be us talking. We'd still be talking about Super Bowl this week instead of. In, for the next two weeks, instead of instead of talking about the end of the season, but again, this is my favorite time of the year. I am, I, you know, I've moved on from from that. I'm no longer angry. I'm no longer depressed. I'm no longer anything like that. So, um, you know, I, I really just you know want them to do what's right for the team. Um, you know, I wanted I wanted to move into our our awards that we had here yes. um, for for the team. Um, go ahead and list off the awards real quickly that we're going to be assigning out, and then uh, we'll kind of get into them and talk about them. Okay, well, first we have team award for the Buffalo Bills only, then we'll move on to the NFL Honor Awards. 
So for the team award, we have team MVP, offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year, and most improved player. And I do want to add one more in there is rookie of the year. Rookie of the year. We'll do that. We'll do that one last. And then, um, so obviously, I mean, I don't think we have to talk about it much for the MVP. I really don't. Um, And I'm, I'm going to make a caveat to the offensive players. It cannot be Josh Allen. So we have to pick somebody else other than Josh Allen. So, uh, but as far as MVP goes, I mean, he had 51 touchdowns, you know, total. Um, He had, he had, you know, over what, over 5,000 yards, including playoffs. Yep. I mean, I don't know how, how he's not even going to get the NFL MVP. He was the most valuable player to the Buffalo Bills to any team out there other than maybe Christian McCaffrey. But I still think, I still think that you take Christian McCaffrey off that team and add a mid tier running back. They're, they're, they're still right where they're at. They're still, they're still probably sitting in the divisional or the AFC championship. Maybe they don't beat the Packers if they don't have Christian McCaffrey, you know? So, but the Bills, they would not have turned it around if it was not for Josh Allen. They would have been worse than six and six. Um, so would have been in that, with that being, Kansas City either. No, no. I mean, I don't even think we I don't even think they make the playoffs. I, I really don't. If you just take a let's do it this way. If you put if you put Tua on this team, are, are we making the playoffs? No, no. Big Baker Mayfield. No, no. Um, Jared Goff. Maybe, maybe as a wild card. Matthew Stafford. No. If you put Lamar Jackson on this team, are we making the playoffs? Again, I think we're a wild card. Just a wild. I card. don't think you make the play. I don't think you make the playoffs with Lamar Jackson on this team. I really don't because the often the way that Baltimore has built their team is to allow, you know. I don't think our defense was good enough once we got the injuries. Right. No, I if you're talking, if you're talking week four against Miami defense with a healthy Trey white, with a healthy Daquan Jones, with a healthy Matt Milano and the, the rest of the defense. Sure. I could, I could, I could definitely see Lamar Jackson be, you know, getting us to a wild card or maybe winning the division, maybe as a fourth seed or third seed. I don't think they're anywhere near, what what we had accomplished this year, um, you know, coming back from six and six and winning the getting the two seed. I really don't see it being any, you know, I don't see it close. Um, so obviously, um, Josh Allen is the MVP of this team. Yes. Um, I think we're both in agreement with that. Oh, yeah, for sure. And as far as offensive play, well, let's go defensive player of the year. Okay. First. Let's do it. Go ahead. Go ahead. I have Frau Bernard. What he did this year, look, when he got hurt with his ankle, Ian Rappaport even tweeted out, Buffalo Bills standout linebacker, Frau Bernard. Going into this season, we, we, us as fans were questioning whether Frau Bernard could do it, Bale Spector could do it. What Frau Bernard did this season it's some things he did this season is something that it took Tremaine Edmonds five years to do here. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Matt, but Terrell Bernard had 130, 100, 135 plus tackles this season, including playoffs, three interceptions, three fumble recoveries. I mean, the guy was just all over the place, it seemed like. Yeah, I think I think the joke early for everybody in, in the season was Terrell Bernard in like 
the first five weeks had more interceptions than Terrell Bernard or uh, Tremaine Edmonds had all five years here in Buffalo. So, you know, so I, I agree that, um, you know, Terrell Bernard is probably the defensive player of the year with all the injuries. Um, I would have probably said you're probably looking at a Matt Milano um, or maybe even like Trey white, you know, if not, you know, if not defensive player of the year, um, he would have probably been like a, you know, a comeback player of the year or, or most improved player from the previous year. Right. But again, like I said, I mean, it, you know, I, I think Terrell Bernard, I think you're, I think you're right with that. Um, but I will throw one out to you to see if you want to change your answer. Okay. Rasul Douglas. See, I was just thinking about that as you were talking about Terrell Bernard and maybe Tredavious White, Matt Milano. I think if Rasul Douglas plays the whole season in Buffalo, I could possibly do it. But the fact that Terrell Bernard played the whole season in Buffalo, I have to stick mm-hmm. with Terrell Bernard. Yeah, and, and that's that's perfectly fine. I just um, mine personally, I think the defensive player of the year because I'm going to go with Bernard as the as the um, as the um, kind of spoiler alert here, but um, going with him as as most improved. I'm I'm going at Oliver on uh, for the defensive uh, defensive player of the year because, I mean, you look at last year, every single person out there wanted to get rid of Ed Oliver, Everyone. wanted him traded, wanted him didn't want him resigned to an extension, wanted to let him walk after this year, whatever the case may be. The most popular one was trade him to Arizona for DeAndre Hopkins, trade him in a third for DeAndre Hopkins. Mm-hmm. And he turns around, gets $16 million, and has an amazing year. He, he One of the best defensive tackles in the league, I would think, at least top oh, five. At least top five. Agreed. He, he was always, in the, you know, not counting that Kansas City game. He was in the backfield every single game, most yeah. games, just setting up a tent there and just living back there, you know, <laughs> starting a fire back there and just enjoying life. Um, but – with that being said, I mean, it, you know, I, I, I really, I personally am, I, I'm of the mind that Ed Oliver would be the, uh, the, the defensive player of the year, because I don't think that they get same thing as with Josh Allen. I, you take Ed Oliver off that defensive line this year for as much as he did for everybody else around him. I think that, I don't think that the defense is anywhere near what it, what it was, even, even through all the injuries, even through everything else. Um, because he was the one stalwart. Yeah, he was the whole time. So yeah. I mean, it's just. Um. So are you sticking with Terrell Bernard for that? Yes, I'm gonna stick with Terrell Bernard. Perfect. We'll uh we'll both put our uh on on the built-in bu- or on the um uh, Buffalo basement Twitter page. We'll put our um put our M- awards for this year. So, um, let's move back to offense. Who is your offensive player of the year? I'm going back and forth on this one quite a bit, but I'm going to stick with James Cook, a thousand yard rusher for the first thousand yard rusher for and for a Buffalo Bills running back since Shady McCoy. What he did this year out of the the running game, the passing game. Look, he he single handedly won us the Dallas game. I mean, he's reliable for the most part. You know, his hands were a little suspect towards the end of the season, but. I believe he averaged over four yards a carry. And, you know, we can't name Josh Allen for Offensive Player of the Year as well. 
and I believe James Cook was reliable and just he broke out this year. Yeah, definitely. And I, I just want to touch on John's comment there to just go back to Ed Oliver real quickly is he, he did get his first interception this year as well. So, I mean, true. on that, on that Rasul Douglas tip pass or tip tipped pass up in the air and him to make, basically make a one handed grab and then, you know, stuff it into his, into his chest. So um, beautiful play. Probably one of the top plays of the year um, for yeah. the bills anyways um, for offensive player of the year though, I'm going to go with the same. I'm going James Cook because he – what did he have, like 1,100 and something yards? Yep, yep. The only player the only player better than him – the only running back better than him um, was Chris McCaffrey. Correct. So if you're telling me – now we need to see him improve again next year. Right, now that's – we're just talking about this year right now. Um, but – Definitely, definitely want to see him continue to improve, get the hands better um, for catches because I think he what dropped four touchdowns, sure touchdowns. Yeah, Philly, Kansas City, yeah. When he dropped another one against Dallas, yeah. So yeah, oh absolutely, and I mean, and, and yes, we scored, but it took a, an amazing throw from Josh Allen to Shakir in the end zone um, to, to to end that drive with a touchdown, rather than I think it was what first and goal or you know, whatever, or second right. goal. And, you know, Josh throws it to him, hits off his hands when he, when he had a walk-in touchdown, he just, you know, I just want to make sure, I just want to see more concentration completely on this team, just in general, um, okay. you know, especially on the okay. offensive side, because if you think about it, you know, not to get off too much of a tangent here, but look at Gabe Davis, like the things that he dropped, look at James Cook, um, look at Stefan Diggs. It was almost like that they were, not concentrating to a point where it was like, you know, look at the look at the Kansas City catch. I mean that that sure, 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 just well. epitome of that was the epitome of Diggs drops this year. Oh yeah, no, and I, I I I love number fourteen, man. I, I I hope he is here for the next four years and and finishes a contract and finishes in Buffalo and retires a bill. I, I mean, he's probably my favorite wide receiver since Andre Reid. So. I mean, it, it just really comes down to it, and I, you know, I hope he can continue continue himself once he gets once they add pieces to the offense, they stop triple double triple teaming him and stops getting bracket bracket coverage and everything else, and is able to you know start helping the offense again. Um, not that he doesn't help offense by taking taking away one or two guys. Right. You know, because that, then it opens up the rest of the field for Kincaid or Shakir or your new wide receiver two or anything like that. But, um, you know, to get back on it real quickly. Yeah. I mean, definitely James Cook, James Cook, I think, uh, 1,122 yards this year. Yeah. Um, definitely. I mean, definitely, definitely enjoyed seeing that. So, um, now did that include rushing or that 1,122? Did that include receiving? I don't believe so because he was a thousand yard rusher. Yeah, yeah, because he had over a thousand yards. He was the first. He was the first one to do it since since Shady. So you're right. talking 1,122 yards rushing, and then on top of that, his receiving yards as well. So 300, 400, like 1,500, yeah. 1,500. Yeah. So I mean, we you said on this show that you know he'd be over a thousand yards combined. Yes, I did. I said like 800, but. Um, you know, I was a little, little, little less. I thought we'd throw it more, 
Um, I thought Kincaid would break the, um, you know, the rookie record like Laporta did, but yep. I mean, he still had what 73 catches in the regular season. Yep. Yep. I mean, it's, it's pretty good for a rookie tight end and only getting better. So, um, but with that being said, we're both in agreement with James Cook. If you want to move, uh, we can move on to, um, you know, uh, most improved. Yes. For me, it is Spencer Brown. Last year, he dealt with injuries. You know, he looked like a turnstile out there at some, at, for the most part of the season. Compared to this year, I don't know about you, Matt, or anybody listening, but I felt like, when it, look, when we went up against the Raiders, Max Crosby was nowhere to be found. Most of these premier pass rushers were nowhere to be found. Credit to the whole offensive line as a unit, but Spencer played the whole season, did not give up. I believe he gave up, what, two sacks, three sacks this year? It's way better than it I'd was last to, year. Yeah, I'd have to look at the numbers. Yeah, I mean, because before you, he was just basically, you know, and, and you could really tell it what, you know, we said it all off season, you know, and nobody nobody wanted to listen. Um, I know a couple of those on here on Built in Buffalo said, said it as well, um, that it was his back. It truly was his back. I mean, and he, he played through it and – you know, being six foot seven or, you know, whatever he is and yeah, trying to easy. trying to play through that, it, you know, had to be a, you know, a horrible experience for him. And I'm glad he was able to come back and prove to be a good right tackle. <clears throat> now you have five, most likely you're going to have five returning guys on the offensive line that all played good to great. I mean, Deion Dawkins, you had him play, have one of his better seasons this year. Um, Osiris Torrance, I think there was a stat out there that he gave up like, what, oh, I can't even remember what it was, but it was like zero sacks or something like that, or zero, I can't, I can't even remember what it was. I don't even want to throw that out there because, um, you know, I don't want to get that wrong. But at the same time, like, even for him, him coming back for a second year is going to be awesome. So I, I have a different – um, player like I like I had spoiled a little bit ago yep. um, for that for that most improved, but I I agree with you that Spencer Brown was right there for me as well. But I I was differing saying that um, Terrell Bernard was the most improved because you, you saw him go from looking almost lost in his rookie year when he got playing time. You could see the instincts were there, but he just like didn't understand the defense yet. Right. Worked with Bobby Babich. Again, it goes back to him. Worked with him. Um, and then go, you know, go this year and keep keep going. You know, and, and one of the hardest things to do in the NFL is to have that green dot on your head, on your helmet. And not only did he do that, but like we talked about before, the three, three fumble recoveries, the three interceptions, the over the 100 tackles, all that stuff. So – I think that he was the most improved player um, because I think that, like I said before, I think Ed Oliver was the best player on defense. Right. So last but not least, rookie of the year. I think me are both going to be in a agreement on this one. Is Dalton Kincaid. For me, it's Dalton Kincaid then by the looks of it. Just when Dawson Knox went down with that wrist injury, when he had wrist surgery, Dalton Kincaid stepped up, and you can see he's starting to become Josh's to go to guy late in the season. When he went with the underneath stuff, it was Kincaid. Kincaid was there. 
He only had two touchdowns on the season with, I believe, like almost 700 receiving yards, 650, somewhere around there. And he's only going to get better. I thought that was a very good season for a rookie, mm-hmm. especially in this offense where he won't be the number one target. He won't be the number two target. Maybe like the three or four, tar- third or fourth target on this team. And with 73 receptions as well. So I was struggling with this one a bit because I, I'm I'm – I'm going to sit here and tell you right now, I I agree with you. I think Kincaid had a little bit of a better year, but I think that with um, basically you having two first round picks in Kincaid and Torrance, even though Torrance you got in the late second, which I don't know how he fell. I don't know either. I'm still like, they, they had him graded in the, in the yes, in the bottom of the, the first round top of the second, but I don't know how he fell. Um, I think Osiris Torrance had one of the better years. He was able to take over that, um, you know, right guard spot from day one and just shore up that spot in the interior of the offensive line. And at times this year we had, you know, we had one of the best interior offensive lines in the NFL, not only best interior, but also best, you know, top two or three offensive line total. So, and then you saw what they did against Kansas city and Dallas, as far as run game, they were just mauling people out there and they got them tired, which was, which was unfortunate that they couldn't, you know, finish at the end to, to go up, you know, a little bit, but even still it happens. It's the NFL. The other 53 guys get paid or 46 guys, 47 guys on the field at that time. Um, They get paid to play. Um, on a, on a Sunday or Monday or Saturday, whatever it is. So I'm just glad that they finally got the offensive line figured out. And I'm hoping, you know, knock on wood that all five of them are back this year. So, um, but yeah, like I said, I mean, if you want to, uh, we can move on to, um, um, the, uh, NFL awards now. Um, if you want to just kind of, kind of let those go, um, let me know. Let, oh, yeah, uh, let, let me know the categories and we can kind of go over. Okay. Yeah, the first one is going to be NFL MVP. I know for me, I, I I truly believe it should be Josh Allen. I'm not arguing with it. I don't know if anybody saw my tweet my tweet on Twitter earlier this week, but it's going to go to Lamar Jackson. His team had the one seed. You know, there's a lot of hype around him. I feel like, you know, it's a little biased compared because he had the one seed. Josh Allen struggled, had an OC firing. So I think it's going to be Lamar Jackson. But shouldn't that be the reason why Josh Allen gets it, though? Oh, I you know, agree. You, <laughs> team struggles all year, and you end up with the second seed at eleven and six, and end up bringing you know going on a what six game run? Seven, I believe, including including the playoffs. Like, right. you know, finishing leading the NFL in 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 total touchdowns and total total yards. I mean. And then top five in a lot of other categories as well. Like I, I just, it's tough for me to give it to anybody else, but personally, my prediction would be aligned with you that I, I, I do think that um, unless for some miracle, I think that Lamar Jackson gets it this, this year. Um, I agree. You it's know, it's un- unfortunate. It, it's unfortunate because like we talked about before, you put him on, on, on the bills or you, put Josh Allen on the Ravens or anything like that. And like, I think the Ravens are in the Super Bowl right now. 
Agreed. If it, you know, Agreed. so I mean, it's just really, it's really tough to kind of, kind of work around that. But I, I do think that Lamar Jackson ends up winning that. So do I, which is a shame, you know, it's a shame. It's a shame. The next one, offensive rookie of the year. Offensive rookie of the year or just offensive player? Let's go offensive player of the year first. I have CMC. I mean, there's, well. <laughs> there's, there's, there's no other way around it. it. Like him and him and Tyreek Hill were right behind each other. I, but I, I think uh, Christian McCaffrey wins that award. I do too. I have Christian McCaffrey. You know what? He kind of, he's the, kind of the reason why the the Forty Nineers are playing in the Super Bowl right now. He had a few touchdowns in the late in the second half. So me personally, I have Christian McCaffrey as well. Next one. Well, I mean, well, Wait, hang on before you go to that. I mean, just you go, you simply go back to a game like the Browns game where they were, I don't want to say dominating, but they were, they were running the ball up and down the field. They were getting it in his, into his hands. And then he had that oblique injury right. and went out at halftime. I mean, and they, the, the, your number one seeded 49ers lost to the Browns, which should have never happened. Never. It should have never came down to that kick at the end of the game, anything like that. So I just, you know, it's, it's tough for me to say that, but um, I, I think that CMC is going to be the, uh, the, the offensive player of the year. Um, and also too, I mean, I, I agree with most people um, is the MVP at this point is turning more of a quarterback award. Oh, it is for sure. Unfortunately it is. So I mean, um, yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. Because me personally, I would rather see Christian McCaffrey win MVP than Lamar Jackson. I feel like oh, absolutely. He did more for his team than Lamar Jackson did. But it is 100%. a quarterback award. Yeah. Um, so you wanted to go to Offensive Rookie of the Year. I think we're going to probably be in agreement on this, and most people around the league probably are as well, is the kid from Ohio State who was drafted yeah. second overall, C.J. Stroud. Yes. Which I, I think is unfortunate. I think the I think Carolina is so stupid for allowing them to uh, allowing whoever made the decision there to make that decision to go with a five foot nine hundred and sixty five pound quarterback. Um, it, it's unfortunate because you look what C.J. Stroud did, and Carolina put receivers around him. They had Terrence Marshall Jr. They had D.J. Chark. They had um, they had Adam Thielen. They had. Um, I'm trying to think who else they had around him. Um, that tight end, uh, Hayden Hurst. Uh, yep, Hayden Hurst. They had Chubba Hubbard in the backfield. I mean, they they could have been as dangerous, if not more dangerous, than Houston was if they had Agreed. made the right selection. And it, it, just, it just goes to show you when you make the wrong selection – you know, and that's why that's why you know, and we'll get into it when we you know a little bit later when we get closer to the draft. But that's why I'm a big fan of Chicago taking Marvin Harrison Jr. and, and you know putting the weapons around Justin Fields so because he sh he's shown out. You know, and and a lot of people don't agree with me, but he's shown out when he's been able to play, and it's not his fault that you know. Let's see. What were they? Eight and eight and nine this year. Seven and nine or seven and ten seven, this year. I think seven, seven and ten. Seven and ten. But he did miss five games, and they had he missed five games. The coordinator. He missed five games, and it, it came down two of the games. They had like a seventeen point lead or whatever, and yes, the defense blew yeah. those leads. Yeah. So I mean, it, you know, 
unfortunately, it, you know, he, he could have been, they could have been a lot better uh, record wise. They were right in the, they beat Green Bay. Who knows what happens? Maybe they make the playoffs instead of Green Bay. But they almost swept the trade too. Yeah. They beat him yeah. one time I and lost late in the second one. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that was one of those games that Detroit had to come back from. Yes, it was. I think, I think, that think they, was I think like they were. Yeah, something like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, you know, if you take the wrong, make the wrong decision there at the top of the draft, you, it, it's not. It's gonna. It's gonna set you back five years. Like, could you imagine if we took Josh Rosen right now? What what we would be talking about right now? We wouldn't be not be talking yeah, about it, playoffs. We would not be talking about yeah. playoffs. We'd be talking about having to pick up another quarterback this year, or having to, you know, unless we had gotten somebody the last couple of years, but we would have been, you know, excuse my language, but well, up Shit's Creek. Like, really? <laughs> no, like, for real. I mean, it, you know, we saw what Josh Rosen did, and I said it coming out the best two quarterbacks in that draft were going to be Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. I wanted the Bills to take Lamar Jackson because I thought Cleveland wouldn't Cleveland and would actually take Josh Allen, and they didn't. So I am super happy to have Josh Allen here because I thought he was going to be the best quarterback in that draft. Unfortunately, he's not the first one in that draft to make the Super Bowl, but <laughs> I still I, backups shouldn't that count. With, backups shouldn't count <laughs> with that 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 saying. But um, yeah, but like I said, I mean, uh, um, what's the what's your next award? But yeah, um, let's go with the defensive player of the year. Now, this one for me was tough. I went back on this one quite a bit. I mean, Go ahead and give yours first. Go ahead and give yours first. I thought about the name of Deron Bland, you know, with his interception count. But, no, I'm going to go with T.J. Watt. I felt like he was the key to helping Pittsburgh make the playoffs. He's the reason why Pittsburgh made the playoffs. He led the NFL in sacks. And he's just a game wrecker. You know, sometimes you have to double you – know, you always have to double team T.J. Watt. Sometimes you have to triple team T.J. Watt. He's 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 kind of like Josh Allen on defense. Yeah, that's exactly what he is. He's a game wrecker. Now, I was going back and forth between him and Miles um, Garrett. Only because they both did do the same thing for their teams, but – for me, TJ Watt edges him out because he truly you saw what happened against Buffalo. Yeah. Couldn't get to Josh Allen, couldn't do anything like that until you know a fluky block kick happened on on, on a frozen field. So I mean they, they really couldn't do anything. So yes, I took that into account a little bit myself. Um but I, I, I really do I really do think TJ Watt is probably the, the defense defensive player of the year. I agree. I don't think we win by 21 if T.J. Watt plays. We probably win by 10, maybe 14. But we don't win by 21. What was the final score in that game? Wasn't it 31 31-17. 31-17, yes. We won by 14. Maybe, maybe we would have won by 14. I think we could have. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it just really depends. I think that maybe they have one extra possession, but again, I don't think Mason Rudolph does anything against us. No, I really don't. I think that I think the game, but I think the I don't think we score thirty one points. I think maybe twenty one, twenty four, but um, you know, with TJ Watt in there. But at the same time, um, what is our next award? Defensive Rookie of the Year. I'll let you go first with this one because I'm still debating on this one as we speak. 
Mine is tough. Uh, the, the the defensive rookie of the year to me um, is probably Will Anderson from the Texans. I mean, kind of kind of funny that you know seeing seeing you know both your offensive and defensive rookie rookies of the year coming from the same team, but um, both of those guys were huge in them getting to the playoffs, being the number one seed when everybody said that. Oh, it's Jacksonville. It's Jacksonville. Houston. Houston. I. I we even said it that they potentially could be the number one seed on this show uh, back in back in May when we did our when we did our power rankings. Um, you know, we both were kind of in agreement with that. We put them in the mid twenties, better than Indianapolis, better than um, the Titans, right? But still ha- being lower, and that's only because we were not sure about CJ Stroud or anything else. So. But we did say that they could potentially squeak into that number one seed and 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 go from there. So, uh, but with that being said, um, I, I I do think Will Anderson is it was probably the uh, uh, defensive rookie of the year. Who do you got? I'm gonna go with you. I'm gonna go Will Anderson. I felt like he was a huge part, especially for that defense, help them win their division. Yeah, and last one, last one is uh, comeback player of the year. Comeback player of the year. Oh, see, I've gone back and forth on this one quite a bit too. Um, I was going to say Joe Flacco, but what DeMar Hamlin came back from, cardiac arrest, on the field and to play the following season, I have to give it to DeMar Hamlin. No bias at all. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, the way that that it's supposed to be for the comeback player of the year is it's a major thing you know, that they're coming back from not coming off your couch and, and winning a few games for the Browns. Right. Even though Joe Flacco looked like old Joe Flacco from the, from the Ravens, from their Super Bowl years. Um, I, I just, I, I really think it's tough to tough to give it to somebody that, you know, when, when that player died on the field and yeah. to come back a year later and get into a few games and make a couple tackles and in, in a playoff game, um, unfortunately, we're gonna, most people are going to have re- re- recency bias with the um, the the failed fourth down conversion there from from uh, from Demar Hamlin. But I mean, what are you going to do? Yeah, um, no, he's not a running so, back. So, so I'm 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 of the mind. My prediction is uh, Demar Hamlin. I whether agree. I agree whether I agree with it or not, it doesn't matter. Um, I, that's that's my prediction. Um, but with that being said, um, let's move on here real quickly to because uh, we're running out. Of, you know, we're running a little bit long talking about the OC and DC and stuff like that and our our team awards. But um, I felt like it was good discussion tonight on those. Um, yes. But as far as the, as far as the depth chart goes for the Bills right now, so I'm just going to read it off real quickly. So okay. well, actually, you know what? What I'm going to do here is I'm going to bring it up here. I'm going to share my screen uh, real quickly here. Depth chart. From, directly from our lads. And let's see here. Stage. Um, so as far as that goes, it, when you're looking at it at this, um, anybody that's watching this right now are, are, are going to be watching this on a, on a replay. Um, what, what you're seeing is anybody in orange is the uh, unrestricted free agent. So those, those guys are most likely guys that we're going to be losing. But so what you can see right now is Stefan Diggs, 
Justin Shorter is your is your wideouts on that side, and then you got Khalil Shakir and Deontay Hardy. Um, you have Deion Dawkins, Ryan Vandermark, um, Connor McGovern, Mitch Morris, Ryan Bates, Torrance Anderson, Spencer Brown, Tommy Doyle, um, and then tight end obviously is going to be Kincaid, Knox, and Quentin Morris. With that being said, we know that we know the quarterback, Josh Allen. Um, they're going to have to bring somebody in, whether it's through the draft or through free agency. Um, James Cook, Naeem Hines, and then you got Ty Johnson, Murray, and Harris all all leaving. Um, hopefully, they bring Ty Johnson back, but we'll oh, talk about that so. in a second. Um, and then Reggie Gilliam. So let's 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 start with that with the offense real quickly. So for that for the offense. Um, who do you think that let me ask let me ask it this way free agency who do you think that they they tar, what positions do you think they target in free agency and which ones do you more lean towards the draft for for in free agency i can see it's going after maybe a, if we don't bring back ty johnson we get a lower tier free agent running back and i believe we do sign a free agent wide receiver that I believe in the draft, we'll see a safety. I'd like to. I'd like to see us draft a quarterback. That way, we're not signing a new one every offseason. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see them actually, you know, put somebody behind Josh that can that can learn from behind Josh and and potentially be in in it. You know, yeah. if if something were to happen that you know instead of instead of watching Kyle Allen maybe just you know fluster or. It, it, the previous year with uh, Case Keenum, you know, those guys just come into a game and just can't do anything um, other than hand the ball off. So, I mean, with that, with that being said, I, I, I am in agreement with you. I do see them signing a veteran wide receiver. Um, again, we are $51 million over the cap right now. So they have to do some, some, some things to get under the cap there. So um and when we do our when we do our salary cap show, we'll we'll definitely go over those for everybody out there. But um, there are ways uh, where they can they can get upwards of about forty million dollars in the in the thirty to forty million dollar range. Now, some of those may be too much that they may not want to do, but they can make those couple of moves. So um, I, I think they go veteran. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I do believe we add a free agent defensive tackle. And we draft a defensive tackle because we well, I hadn't, I hadn't even, I hadn't even gone to the, I hadn't well, even gone to the defensive yeah, side yet. So no, 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 you're good. Um, but as far as the offensive side of the ball, I think that they do add that veteran wide receiver on a on a like a one or two year deal. Um, I think that they they draft a wide receiver to eventually take over. I mean, especially with how stacked this draft is, I think that they take out you know to get a a wide receiver on, on a on a sh- uh, cheap deal. Um, you know, for the next couple of years, because they are going to have to, you know, in one of the years, they are not going to be able to push Diggs' money down the road as much or, you know, or at all. So they're going to need to have those, you know, a cheap guy here that maybe eventually two years from now can take over that number one spot. And Diggs kind of drops down into that wide receiver two, wide receiver three role where, you know, he's still a very good wide receiver and still one of Josh's favorite targets, but you then have your wide receiver two you draft this year, 
uh, or your wide receiver you draft this year. And then you have Shakir on the outside who can play on the outside as well, but he can also be moved around in, into the slot and things like that. So um, versatility is really the big thing that I'm, I'm hoping that they, they go after in this draft. Um, and when we do start going through the, like I said before, when we do start going over the draft and stuff like that, um, there's some players out there that I'm very excited to, to see uh, the bills get, or if, if the bills were to take, um, but real quickly, I just want to get your stance on it. Um, what do you prefer more, especially for a team like the bills to, to, to do with like a position, like a wide receiver, do you put, do you, if they were to just not sign a, a veteran wide receiver and they went strictly to the draft or would you prefer them do you prefer them to go into the draft with not needing anything i would prefer us to go into the draft without needing anything i would like to see us sign a free agent wide receiver but if we weren't to i am okay if we take receiving the first round instead of a vet free agent i just want a playmaker i don't care if it's in the free agency or in the draft yeah, and I'm of, I'm of the same way. I, I um, and I know Brandon Bean has said it before that he he doesn't want to go into the draft with needs. We saw what happened a couple of years ago with Kyir Elam, and it kind of, you know, because we needed that quarterback, it unfortunately, you know, the Bills moved up and they took Elam, no matter what they said. Like, and I hope he turns out into a great player. I've said it on the show many times before. I right. hope he turns out into a great player. Because he has all the skills to do it, I just want to he see does. him put it together on the field. So, but I'd rather them. I think it's very important that they go into the draft without not or without having any needs. Because if you if let's say let's say um, Harrison Jr., Odunze, um, Neighbors, Thomas Jr., Troy Franklin, Leggett are all off the board. And you don't have any other first round graded wide receivers. And I'm not, I, I, I understand there's other receivers, but I'm just saying, like those six. Right, right. Let's just say that those six are gone. And, you know, it's a, a choice between an Adonai Mitchell or, um, you know, a Tavandre Sweat. Right. Or uh, a Cam Kitchens. Or somebody like some like if you have those three choices, I'd rather see them. Okay, we have a veteran wide receiver. The rest of the second round is we have higher guys rated on the second round for receiver. I think it's important that they go in without without those needs, so they don't feel as much as everybody's going to be so angry if we take a defensive player in the first round. I really think that they need to go in without having needs, so that if they do have that choice they take the best player they can rather than, Oh, we're stuck on receiver. We need a receiver. Let's get a first round receiver and take the wrong guy. Not saying any of these guys are going to be bad, right. but we saw, we saw what happened, you know, last year, uh, you know, once you started getting the run on receivers with JSN and then Zay flowers, and then, um, um, Quentin Johnson. Why am I drunk? Quit. Well, that's what I, that's what I was yeah. getting to is the Chargers took Quentin Johnson, Johnston. Right when they have Keenan Allen and, and Mike Williams there. So, I mean, it's just, it's, it's tough, 
you don't want to take the wrong players, so you don't want to go into. I think it's very, very important to go into the draft without not without having needs, other than maybe like some depth pieces. Like, okay, I, I pick a pick a fourth cornerback in 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 the fifth round because you know we need to add depth here because right. we need to you know we have we have other things that we have to do with the rest of our cap to run the team the rest of the year. So let's, let's get a fourth guy, uh, a fourth or fifth quarterback in here that, you know, has, has some skill that could basically or potentially be something like a Benford and, and, and kind of go that way. So he's lower. So it's just really, it's just really could. It, it, it's just really important. I think for them to make sure they fill major things if they can with free agents and go into the draft without any needs in the first couple of rounds. So um, with that being said, I want to go to the defense real quickly. Um, you have uh, – hold on real quick. Let me add that back to the stage. Uh, you have Rousseau. You have Miller. Uh, you had have Ed Oliver. Uh, you have Matt Milano. Uh, you have uh, Balen Spector. You have Kingsley Jonathan. Uh, Terrell Bernard, Dorian Williams. Um, Trey White. Christian Benford, Kyrie Elam, um, Taron Johnson, Rasul Douglas, uh, Siren Neal, um, who I think, like I said, we'll get into it, but I think he's going to be a, a cut candidate to save yeah. his, his. I think it's like $3 million or something like that against the cap. Um, and then you got Jordan Poyer. If Micah Hyde does retire, unfortunately, you would probably need some sort of safety. And I, I, I'm personally of the mind that they, I'm hoping they go get somebody like a Darnell Savage. That would be nice. But, um, you know, who, who knows? I mean, there's there's names out there when we go through the free agents and stuff like that on a different show. We'll definitely do that. But um, I think that, again, I think that they need to add – I uh, they definitely need to add, um, you know, defensive tackle because we have one. You have Ed Oliver signed. It did sound like that they are going to try and, as hard as they can to bring Daquan Jones back, but that's still only two. So right. – my thinking is they fill that more in the draft and then, you know, pick up somebody if they can't get who they want in the draft. I think that they fill that room after the draft. Um, you know, maybe they sign a, a lower tier guy before during free agency. Um, but I don't think I, if they do get D Daquan Jones signed, I, I don't think that's as much of a quote unquote need for them, but I do still want them to draft a defensive tackle if they can in the first three rounds. That would um, be nice if they can. So uh, that's the main main position I, I feel is is, is really uh, warranted and needed um, as far as far as that goes. But um, yeah, I mean, with that being said, um, what are your thoughts on that, real quickly? And then we can we can uh, move into the Senior Bowl and then uh, our our Twitter poll, and then uh, we can uh, let everybody go tonight. Alrighty. Well, yeah, no, I think you hit the nail on the head with that. I feel like there's not much of a need for linebackers or defensive backs, but if Micah Hyde does retire, I do want us to address that in free agency or in the draft. I do believe we obviously we have to get some defensive tackles, especially with our defensive line rotation that we love to do. We can't trot out there three guys. We need at least four. Mm -hmm. So I do believe we will try to bring back Daquan Jones. And I see it probably drafting two defensive tackles, hopefully one in the first three rounds to Vondre Sweat, which we'll get into that later, later on. 
And could you imagine? Could you imagine if they drafted Sweat and Jordan Jefferson? Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! <laughs> oh my goodness! That would be nice. That would be extremely nice. Yeah, and then maybe we draft a we sign a defensive tackle in free agency. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm the lower tier part of the market, but I would do uh, defensive line. Defensive tackles is the major need. Yeah. No, for sure, and, and I'm sure they're going to add your, you know, your a, a defensive end during the draft, and and a couple other pieces that way. But the main things for me in the draft, and like I said, we'll get to who these players are later. Um, you know, on on a different different show uh, as we go towards move towards the draft here, um, is wide receiver, defensive tackle, and safety. Those are the three positions I want to see them address specifically in the draft. And Agreed. like like I said last. Like like I said last week, if they if for some reason Mike High is like, hey, I feel great, I can come back, let me sign. That person can sit sit behind if they haven't signed a Darnell Savage already or any somebody like that. So, um, with that being said, uh, as far as the Senior Bowl goes, that game's on Saturday. Um, I don't have much to talk about it right now. Um, I've watched a lot of film <laughs> from it from the first two days. I'm going to have to catch up on today's just because I had a lot of a lot of work to do today um, for my actual job. <laughs> so, um, you know, uh, but as far as the senior bowl goes, the first couple of days we talked about Lad McConkey, um, Roman Wilson. I, I did see that he left the senior bowl today or the, the, the senior bowl. Uh, he's no longer there. Um, I, I wanted to get some uh, updates on that before I reported anything or anything like that. But, um, you know, I know I said it before that Xavier Leggett had a, had a bounce back day yesterday. Um, uh, Tavondre Sweat had an awesome day. Uh, funny, funny one from today that, um, you know, he caught a pass in the end zone today, which was kind of, kind of a quick funny one, but um, definitely check out that game on, on, on Sunday or Saturday and watch the watch, uh, watch for the receivers um, yes. specifically. Um, and, and that, that's pretty much it that I have on the senior bowl right now um, until I, until I watch some more film and, and put some stuff together. And I really do want to kind of start getting into that here in the next couple of weeks, as far as the draft, after we get, after we get to, you know, the, our free agency talk and things like that. So um, last, last, last thing here, um, you know, the, the, our Twitter poll that was brought to you by Elliot Apollos and Sons of Erie, um, you know, definitely check out, Again, like I said, amazing food, 3785 South Park Avenue, Blaisdell, New York, 14219. Um, and then Sons of Erie as well. Um, you know, www.sonsoferie.com. Definitely check them out for any any art and apparel. Um, I'm planning on this weekend getting getting the basement cleaned up here um, this week and uh, getting getting that that pic, uh, the the painting that I have up, up finally up behind me where the Watkins jersey is. So um but with that being said, the Twitter poll, um, I know we didn't have as much, um, as many people touching it this week as, as we would have liked. But um, with that being said, what was the question and, and what were our answers? Yeah, the question was, if there are no first-round grade wide receivers left on the Bills board, what are you doing in the first round? Draft a defensive tackle? Draft a safety? Draft a wide receiver with a slight reach? Or trade down? We out of 29 total votes, there was a tie for first. 34.5% of the voters voted for a draft of defensive tackle, then the other 34.5% voted for draft of safety, then 24.1 g- 
voted a wide receiver with a slight reach, and 6.9% voted trade down. I was of the voters that said draft a wide receiver, wide receiver with a slight reach. See, I'm I'm not about I'm I'm not a big fan of the slight reach. I, I took defensive tackle. So um, you know, we do want to thank everybody for that. We do want to thank our sponsors, Elito Palos and Sons of Erie, for that. Um, yes. we will go into a quick uh quick Buffalo basement gambling here as well. Um, but real quickly, I do want to answer John's question um in the in the chat. The senior bowl is actually on NFL network um at 1 p.m. um on uh on, on Saturday. So Definitely check that out if you if you're you know interested in seeing any anybody and and knowing who we're talking about when any of the great shows come on here and um, real quickly we'll fly through this in like two minutes here. Um, so let's see here. So we have uh, we have we do have a um, um, we do have a game still left in the season one left it is next week. Um, so real quickly. 49ers Chiefs, uh, passing props, Mahomes or Purdy? Let's go Mahomes. Over under 262 and a half yards. I'm going to go under. All right. And then uh, receiving props. Again, we'll, we'll pick two of them. Uh, Kelsey, Samuel, Kittle, Ayuk, Rice, McCaffrey, Pacheco, uh, MVS, or Justin Watson? Kelsey and Kittle. Kelsey and Kittle. So we'll go seven and a half for Kelsey over or under. I'm going to be over. Kelsey's okay. last two games. And, over. And then Kittle, 48 and a half over or under. I'm going to be over. And you went with the over on Kelsey too, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. All right. And then rushing props um, McCaffrey, Pacheco, Mahomes, Purdy, or Samuel? McCaffrey. 90 and a half. I'll go with the over, especially what we could do against the run. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Kyle Shanahan's going to be running the ball oh, yeah. all day long. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, if nothing, if nothing else, here's, here's another one for you. If you, if you'd rather take this for Christian McCaffrey rushing plus receiving yards, 130 and a half. Do you think that's, that's an over? That's you want to do that one instead? Yeah, let's do that one. Let's do that one instead. Okay. Let's take the over. All right, so we'll do that one. And then the last one is going to be touchdown scoring prop. Who do you think is going to score a touchdown in that game? Just McCaffrey. All right, so he is minus 220. So that that brings us to um, a Buffalo Basement Parlay, again, that is brought to you by Ilio DePaulo's and Sons of Erie, to a plus 1958 where a $10 wager would bring you $195.82. So I will post that one um, as soon as the show is done here. So you'll see that see that up there if you want to follow that. Um, with that being said, I do want to do want to um, you know thank you as as always, Pat, for hopping on. Um, you know, de definitely check out our Twitter page uh, at the Buffalo Basement. Check uh, and keep watching on Built in Buffalo for any anything else. Um, we may, may have a special guest next week. Um, hint, hint, um, you know, may have one on there. So you definitely might want to uh, tune in for that. Um, you know, we do want to thank everybody over at, at built in Buffalo, Elliot Apollo's sons of Erie. Um, Pat, again, thank you for hopping on with me every single week and, and, you know, being my co-pilot here, um, definitely appreciate it. And, um, 
you know, definitely check out any of the great other great shows. Tuesday nights, you got the Buffalo Blitz. Wednesday nights, you have uh, Kevin Masseri, Kevin Syracuse on the Going Deep Buffalo podcast. Um, and then um, you have us and you have Witty Not Funny at, at 830 tonight here as soon as we're done here. So, uh, Pat, anything else? Any final takeaways? Any thoughts? Anything else? Yeah, once again, thank you, Matt, for having me. Thank you for everybody who's tuning in now where we'll be watching on the replay. Thank you to Bills and Buffalo and Go Bills. Absolutely. Go Bills and everybody have a great night.